I never thought I would say this, but Stephen Rhodes, under that sensitive, caring facade, you're nothing but a... a man. That's not true. <laughs> Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Justin, and Al. What's up, guys? Married with Children podcast is here live on Wednesday, and we are coming to you from a totally different location. Uh, sorry, guys, had to drag your asses over here, but the nudie bar is is not where we're doing this episode, guys. Uh, we're still in a nudie bar, but it's just not the jiggly room. We had to head over to Troy's to. Uh, do an in-depth look at the classic Girls Just Wanna Have Fun. In-depth at Troy's sounds scary, number one. But, uh, <laughs> we're gonna keep our distance. But, uh, yeah, so here we are, guys. Troy's, what do you think of the atmosphere compared to the Jiggly Room? I mean, it's kinda different. Uh, definitely different. Yeah, but isn't this, uh, kind of familiar for you, Justin? Yeah, a little familiar, but a little uh, familiar. Not, not in the way that you might think. Uh, right. Because I heard, uh, f- you know, from a little birdie that you used to work for Troy's. Is I this worked true? at Troy's. I didn't really work for Troy. Troy's actually not a real person, uh, so I didn't know if you knew that or not. But Wow, it's just a marketing ploy? Yeah, yeah, Troy's. It, it just it just sounds good, rolls off the tongue, you know. So um, well, yeah, you know. let me introduce you guys formally. I'm sorry, I haven't even done that. Uh, I, I'm joined by the guy who calls himself Raul, but his real name is Wilbur Jerry. What's up, Jerry? I just think I'm I'm too good looking to be a Wilbur. I'd have to uh, agree with that one. Thank you. I appreciate that. Good looking yeah, out. Not that ugly. Yeah. And we're also joined by the guy who has Marcy's ring thrust firmly down his pants, Justin. What's up, buddy? Uh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I just thought of Marcy having to reach down my pants and grab it. (laughs) And it made me laugh. Oh, my God. Uh, All right, guys. Well, this is the famous episode where... Peg and Marcy uh, head over to the nudie bar with their girlfriends on their girls' night together. This episode's called Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Of course, it's a nod at the Cindy Lauper song, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. What do you guys think of this episode overall? Because this is one of those classic episodes that we're getting right away. Like, this is the kind of stuff that... Uh, you know, we started this show for. So what do you guys think of this episode like as a whole? Uh, I think that it's a really good episode. Um, it, it's kind of an odd one to be a two-parter, you know, considering uh, as I'm looking here on the season and I think even season three, I don't think there's very many two-parters uh, in the vicinity besides Poppies by the Tree, which felt like it should be 
a two-parter. Um, so it was kind of weird that this one was, but it's a it, it flows well. You know, it, it there's enough content there for it to be a two-parter. Yeah, it doesn't feel stretched out, right? It's no. it's actually funny that you bring up that it is. A, so this actually was just one episode. And they felt that it had so much content that they made it into two episodes. In the original final draft of this episode as a as a one episode, the kids are not even in this episode. You have no mm-hmm. Butter Kelly in this episode. And when they expanded it, they added in the Kelly and Bundy and then added in the the uh, going to the grandparents on Peggy's side of the family into it and – Every time they bring up anything involving Peggy's side of the family, no one is normal. Y'all notice that? Everyone <laughs> is just extremely weird. Why? Because the grandfather is the one with hair? I, you know, that, the the, the dancing, uh, Al saying that he has to ride on her feet also. It's just very, like, it's just, everyone in Peggy's family, I want to go to Peggy's family reunion is what I'm saying, mm-hmm. just... All right, well, this episode aired October 18th, 1987. Yes, guys, do not be confused. That was, as we said in the Poppies by the Tree episode, they're still uh, still doing 1987. Uh, season 1 and 2 are both 1987 somehow. So, uh, yeah, we're still there. So, <clears throat> this uh, is a great start to an episode. As always, they always go... Somebody knows how to start these things off. I, don't, I guess it's one of those two guys, you know, that we keep mentioning, uh, Ron Levitt and Michael Moye. Uh, the Bundy's refrigerator is broken, which doesn't mean all that much, I guess. And to prove that, <clears throat> Peg took everything out of it, which was just a beer and a cardboard holder of baking soda. <laughs> Did you guys ever do that? Back in the 80s and 90s, that was kind of big. You always leave a baking soda open and supposedly kills the smell in there. Yeah, I actually always remembered opening the fridge and seeing it in the back left-hand corner. I don't think I don't I can't remember the last time I opened a fridge and saw baking soda in it though. Like was that just a myth or does it it, it just people stop doing it? People just stopped doing it cuz I remember it as a kid. But yeah, I haven't seen anyone do it in a long time. But I, that is true. I do wonder if it was like did it become something that was just completely disproven? We need to test it. Yeah, we have to open our fridges and smell them and then put that in there and smell it again three days later. I think three yeah, we'll days make a video. <laughs> video for the YouTube channel. <laughs> Just like our Tanguich uh, video we're going to make. Oh, my yeah. God. So, so this chick is fixing the the refrigerator in these short shorts and this tight red top. And it is just a party at that house. And Al <clears throat> thinks enough of Steve. To invite him over with some chips and some beer. What's the emergency, Al? It's in the kitchen. <laughs> you brought me all the way over here just to see that. Uh-huh. Thanks, Al. <laughs> oh, you know, Al, this brings back memories. I saw one of those in college once. I used to jog behind her for hours. I ran a marathon once and didn't even know it. (sighs) You know her name? Yeah, but I'm calling her Heidi. You know, Al, I feel kind of like a pig standing here enjoying myself, 
staring at a poor, unsuspecting woman as if she were nothing but a piece of meat. You know, something I, I, I don't get for this beginning. Uh, Peg says that she's really glad that Al took Marcy's advice and hired a woman. Uh, whenever you hire someone to fix something, I don't recall there being an option to choose whether a male or woman came over there. So it made me think, oh, I wonder if Marcy knew someone and, and recommended, like, how did this work? Because if Marcy did recommend this, then she had to know what was going to be sent over there. Or was this just like Hooters and that's their marketing ploy? <laughs> I think it was just kind of sl- like a slightly sloppy writing a little bit where they didn't really expect people like Jerry to pick it apart and be like, you can't pick your sex. Yeah, that's weird that you picked that apart, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I was just sitting there going like, so what? Did they 1-800-repair-woman uh, named Wanda? Like, how did this Dude, work? Dude, you're ruining the show. Stop. Yeah, geez, Jerry. Hey, wait, what's her name again? Wanda. Oh, I was calling her Heidi this whole time. <laughs> well, that's that's a that's another good name. All right, we'll go with Heidi then. So, how amazing is it when Marcy catches Steve? Look how she's moving. <laughs> yeah, it looks like two little kittens playing gently under some denim. <laughs> I think it looks more like an apple, Al. What kind of apple, Steve? A little red one. You know how they are just before you pick... You're a pig, Al. Oh, hello, Marcy. Him not even recognizing that it was her voice and just keeps talking because he's so lured into this. Yeah, because she says something... The first time and he doesn't catch it right away and then the second time she says something he's like oh <laughs> that's awesome uh i thought that it was weird not weird i guess but I, I i thought it was surprising like how much they were like talking about the shape of her butt and stuff on tv like it seemed i was like okay this is pretty you know risque yeah like they're talking about it looks like two dogs playing under. no it's two kittens playing under denim yeah. I'm just trying to figure, like, how did Al come to – I've heard many, many of names for ass, but two kittens playing under denim is not one of them. No. That, that is not something I'm looking for when I look at a girl's ass. Like, oh, I hope these look like two kittens under denim. Yeah, that's weird. <sighs> that's um, a weird one. <laughs> they're like, you know, how people look at clouds and they're like, what do you see? Like, that's what they do. <laughs> uh, what did you guys uh, think of the girl, Heidi? Oh, yeah. We have to rate her. Oh, did we ever see her face? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh they showed her face. I didn't notice. I give her a seven. Yeah. Um, I can't really remember her face, honestly. Now, it, it, Jerry made the joke, but I'm actually being serious. <laughs> it's just a generic face. We'll post it on the Facebook page and see what people think. Uh, I do feel like she was actually pretty hot for Married with Children. She's a, She yeah. looks a little less 80s. I think she's in the lead for me out of all the chicks we've seen so far, I think. Ooh. I don't know, 7.5 possibly. Yeah. And I know Jerry's going to reserve his ratings for the construction worker and Zorro, so we'll just wait on that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Why would I even look at them when Steve's on this episode? <sighs> so, uh... I can't believe it. 
You're as bad as Al. You're worse than Al. He's nothing but a Neanderthal sexist, but at least he doesn't hide it. Hide it? I get a t-shirt that says it. I never thought I would say this, but Stephen Rhodes, under that sensitive, caring facade, you're nothing but a... a man. That's not true. <laughs> I love that line. I thought of Jerry instantly. Uh, oh, yo, me too. I always think of that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I should be offended or or happy that y'all associate me with Steve so much <laughs> in circumstances like this. And I remember mentioning this next joke. You remember when I said that there's a point where Peg says men will look at anything and then she goes in front of them and bends over and picks up stuff on a table and they yeah. both look anywhere else? Steve yeah. covers his eyes. <laughs> yeah, that is like the funniest that is like the oh cruelest funniest thing like the, to think that katie seagull is down for all this is just amazing because normally you ever notice like the sort of the non-regular guest people have to take the brunt of the jokes usually the fat woman jokes and stuff like that yeah yeah peg takes a beating man like in poppy's by the tree didn't she say i'd be naked without a vacuum and the guy goes then we'll get you one yes exactly <laughs> it's and it's so funny what are you doing tonight? I don't know. Steve and I were going to go to a fundraiser for my women's group. But since I think he'd be spending the whole evening looking up the Toastmaster's dress, <laughs> I guess I'm free tonight. Well, why don't you come over tonight? Some of the neighborhood girls are dropping by. Oh, that sounds like fun. I'll bring a cake. Oh, mm. uh, there's going to be a cake. Uh, you better watch your fingers setting it out. One of the girls has been known to debone a chicken from across the room. <laughs> from across the room, Al. I'll be here. And she actually did it. She actually, I guess, bit Marcy's finger. I always find those type of jokes a little weird. Like, I don't I don't really... Like, the joke where, you know, Peg bends over and they turn their head, like, that's classic to me. But, like, some of the ones that are just like this, I, I normally don't laugh at. I don't know about you guys. I... I didn't laugh at the joke, but I wasn't going to say anything because I didn't want to ruin the show. But uh, <laughs> you did. You asked how do you get a woman repair group person. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you, uh, Justin. I didn't think I, I didn't. I think they do better fat jokes than that. And this was just not this one was a miss. Well, how about it was good until she had the bandage on her finger? OK, yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, until that's fine, because then it's just I'll I'll. Uh, exaggerating on, you know, somebody who's, you know, fat or whatever. Like, that's where it works. But then when you see the the bandage on the finger, it's like, oh, so they brought it into, like, realism. <laughs> yeah. I got a, I got a question for you. The, the, they're saying that it's, it's terrible for a guy to look. But do y'all actually think it's terrible for a guy to look? Does that make you a bad guy to just look? Even, like... In a relationship or out of a relationship, does that make you a bad guy? I've never had a single problem with it with any of the girls I've dated or been with. Yeah, I, I'm i sorry. I don't know. What do you want to do, poke my eyes out? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do here? Like, I think it's all about, if you do it respectfully, like, if you're um at the beach 
you can't sit there and secretly take pictures of a girl a few ways down with your phone, or even if you're walking down a uh, the through the mall with your girl, you can't like your head can't do a full 180 as she's walking past you and going behind. You know, like there's there's gotta be a limit to where you're like, all right, look, we understand that you're a guy, but you gotta be respectful. So I think, I mean, what Al was doing and what Steve was doing, um, that's obviously television overboard stuff like i don't even think the repair woman would go for that she'd be yeah, like yeah okay. she'd be like, what the hell get out of here yeah this ain't no peep show <laughs> i think she'd be uh prepping for a tip is what i i think yeah it's like because i because you gotta think that the way she's doing it is exactly like how hooters does it it it's going for that bigger tip and using their own sexuality to make more money by preying on uh perverted men <laughs> But I'm with you, Alex. As long as you like, kind of do it respectfully. Like, like stick to the two second rule. One, two, look away. Ooh, that's not enough. Yeah, look, I'll break what? it down real simple, right? I, if if there was a chick that I was with and she had an issue with me staring at other people, uh, I would just say something along the lines of like, "Hey, look, no matter what, I'm gonna have these thoughts, like Alex just said, or and I'm gonna." you know, see people and I'm going to look at them. So if you, if I'm hiding it, does it really make a difference? Because I'm still doing it and you're not, it's impossible to not do something like that. So, so wouldn't it just be better to just be open about it? And I would, you know, the same thing goes for her. Like, I don't care if she eyeballs anybody for as long as she wants like that, that, that doesn't bother me. Like you have to have trust so uh, right. why, why why fake it, right? Like that's that's yeah. weird to me. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like uh, Alex, like when he's walking down the street with his lady and he sees the chick and he's staring, as soon as she's about to say something, he just takes out a picture of uh, Charlie from uh, Sons of Anarchy with a shirt off, go look, and then she looks at that and then he's scot-free. Who's yeah, Charlie? exactly. You can say Jax. Most people know him by Jax. Oh, well. Is that his real and actor, the actor's well, name? Yeah, his real name is Charlie Hunnam. You have to say Charlie Hunnam. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charlie sounds like I'm into Oompa Loompas or something. <laughs> you know, like, and, and no, uh, no, this all went wrong. Okay. Oh, yeah. my God. No, that was, that was glorious. Um, you actually talked about how, like, it's usually, like, the, the, the guest or the one-ofs that come on the show that get the, the brunt. Man, the de- the chick who can debone a chicken from the crossroom, she gets it like twice really hard in this episode when she says, um, "He's undressing me with his eyes." Oh, not that's the second one, but the first one, she's like, "I can't even wear shorts anymore because of men like them." And then Al goes, "Are you sure it wasn't the men with the harpoons?" <laughs> well, you know what though, I gotta say, man, you're gonna hate this, but I didn't think Steve's joke was very strong. I think. The the premise of his joke was strong, but I, I, I there's got to be a better line than... Marcy, he's undressing me with his eyes. Madam, that would take years. I agree with you, but the delivery is what made it, because he's just like, Madam, that would take years. The fact that he said it so, like, um, right. um, regal is what made the joke funnier, but I agree, he could have said something... He could have said it in a different way, like, I don't have that kind of time or something like that that would have came off a bit funnier. Yeah. But yeah, because I thought it was good. I liked it. Yeah? I like the delivery. Yeah, the delivery does sell it, I guess. I don't have a major problem. I was just, you know, now that we're looking at the show this way, I was just sort of, you know, 
Peg is actually, to get back to what we were saying, she's actually okay with um, staring at chicks on Al's part as long as it leads to sex. So Peg gets one more point because she asked Al if he wants to do it. And he's like, eh, eh. With the, and then you know I forgot he had this like weird response this daydreamy because he's still thinking about oh, yeah, it. He's like, wait, like, with you? Because uh, Peggy goes, uh, how was her breast? Yeah. Do you want to go upstairs? Yeah. Wait. Yeah. How about Peg Prime in the pump? Like she's like, think of her breast, Al. Think of her legs again. Think of her ass again. Okay, you want to go upstairs? Like she literally does not care. And look, we know she don't care. She's willing to get a blonde wig thrown on her. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she learned this trick from the previous, um, or not the previous episode, the one before that, where Al does the same thing, talking about the Cabana boys and stuff, revving her up to get his like to get a better massage and stuff like that. Like the Cabana boys, uh, how are their bodies out? They're tight, Peg. <laughs> They're tight. Like, that must have been so uncomfortable for him. <laughs> but but yeah uh, i love that i love that joke and that's a clear cut point for peg right there like that oh, was yeah that was that was uh really clear that's that's we didn't have normally we have to like well like dissect it and be like well does she get it but that one was like <clears throat> straight you know her oh yeah yeah she gets better she gets better at it even <laughs> though it's 16 years later <laughs> um, <clears throat> well i'm tired of sitting around the house I do that all day long. Why don't we go out tonight? Someplace fun. Okay, girls, I've got it. Let's go to Troy's. That sounds like fun. What's Troy's? <laughs> <laughs> That is a uh, male strip club, and everyone knows Peg by name. And not only do they know her by name, they know her by her last name. And not only that, they know her by Big Red. So she has a last name and a, a nickname going on here. Like, this is a place that Peg goes to a lot. <laughs> yeah. So so here here's here's another question. Uh, Alex, would you be okay with your wife going to a male strip club? Uh, I don't know. I mean, if it was like a bunch of girls, like if she went with like five other girls and it was innocent enough, I mean, no, I wouldn't be okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm, I'm thinking about it. No, I don't see how this is working. No. Jerry, would you go to Troy's every week that they would know your name? Uh, well, little blue. How do you how do you think I know Justin used to work here? <laughs> oh my god, he was watching you. Huh. This show just got really incestuous. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding, guys. I would never go to such an establishment. I I have much more respect for people and their bodies. 
Well, let's get to a body, even though it's a male body, and we are no man, but we have to discuss everything, guys. So, okay, this, uh, this construction worker, dude, I mean, this is the funniest thing since, uh, the Lost Boys, which oddly enough, I saw yesterday with, uh, the guy playing the saxophone. Have anybody seen the movie The Lost Boys? And I think that was 1987, oddly enough, right? It was. Uh, yes, it is. Wow, that's weird. And what do you hear the weirdest thing? I I should be putting this out in my horror podcast because nobody here will care. But um, really quick, I had a really bizarre coincidence with the Lost Boys one time in my life. I uh, was at Best Buy and I bought the DVD of the Lost Boys. And <clears throat> near it, I saw a DVD of The Monsters Go Home. And I was a big fan of The Monsters TV show. So when I was a kid, though, so I, I figured now that I'm older, I'll watch it again and see if it's still good. So I went and I, I brought him home and I watched The Lost Boys. And in the cave that they all hang out, all the vampires hang out in, there is a poster on the wall of the Munsters Go Home. <laughs> Dude, you know what's even funnier about that? I, I went to go see a, a double feature at Full Moon Cinema that was Hellraiser and the Lost Boys. And before the movie started, they were playing episodes of The Monsters. Really? Yes. (laughs) That is weird. Wow, that's really strange. I I wish there was some real correlation here. (laughs) I mean, like, I don't know. How how would that all go together? I don't even know. Uh, So the construction worker, what do you think of this? Like, do you guys appreciate this? Like, I, I cannot help but smile and, like, laugh and chuckle every time this guy comes out. Like, I love that really homoerotic, like, 80s guys who think they're hot and it's hilarious to me because they come off so like they're all tanned up all perfectly muscular they're all shiny like it's just so funny to me to to me it's really funny because it's it's so far away from like what is like considered like what i would think like a girl would be attracted to today like the hair like like the hairstyles like really like date it you know what i mean oh and the way they dance like would any girl say oh my god this is hot like when did this what period of life was were any of us going through where this was the thing like uh, what what little window did that fit you know like think of just years later like uh the Nirvana, Kurt Cobain era. Like, could you imagine this guy coming out? And that's only, what, three years later or something? Yeah. You know, it's just, like, crazy. Like, where is this? When did girls see that as a hot thing? And I wonder if it's still, you know, what do we know? It Probably, for what we know, it's still going on, you know? True, true. I mean, that is just insane. And uh, so the whole point of this, you know, what we should be discussing is that Marcy is completely uncomfortable. She is not okay with where they are. She didn't know where they were going. Um, things like that. She's there. Everyone's having the greatest time. All the regular girls are having the greatest time. And Marcy could not be less comfortable. Uh, Peg starts. She's so crazy and into this. as so she gets on stage and she's dancing with the construction worker. Uh, if you found out your wife did this, let's just say she went to a bachelorette party and she pr- behaved like Peg, what would be the outcome of this? <laughs> I actually would not have a problem with it. I really don't care if you go to a male strip club and get danced on 
Like, I, I just don't care because I'm going to think the same kind of stuff. And it means if I go to a strip club and get danced on, you you can't say anything to me. There, there's no thing to me. I do want you to shower before you come and talk to me. Maybe <laughs> maybe get that that sweat off you. But as long as there's no like insertion anywhere, I I, I really don't care. Like it does not bother me at all. What about when Mar- uh, Peg was riding the guy's back? Like, what was was that the same? It was a different guy. I feel like, yeah, because that's when they went back to get. Yeah, the- yeah, that was later on. That's the guy with the cowboy hat. Um, yeah, like if you saw Reese doing that, you'd be like, okay, well, let's just. Hey, honey, do you want to go to Smash Burger when we're done? Actually, yeah, I do like to order food through someone's open mouth. <laughs> through a clown's head. <laughs> through, through a clown's head. Um, yeah, no, it does not bother me at all. Like. I, I, like okay here's my thing if someone's gonna cheat they're gonna cheat and when it comes to male strippers these male strippers are probably pulling like high quality like Shit. grade a chicks yeah they're not gonna go and for they're not trying to bang peggy they're not they're gonna act like they want to they're not going to the same way if i went to hooters they don't want me and they don't want my my fiance i i'm just it's not gonna happen they they yeah. probably in fact there's a good chance that a good chunk of those male strippers are probably gay well let's talk about a guy who's not gay the new repairman for the refrigerator hey well you know what if you want something fixed call an ugly man <laughs> and i like how he hears al say that yeah and al is so it's so funny I, he just doesn't care about anything so he said, uh, the, one of the best lines, and this is like, you know, this isn't the kind that you sort of see coming, but sometimes the delivery is so well that you almost forget that this is a comedy and you're just listening to what he's saying. So the joke still punches just as well. You know, Steve, 16 years ago, Peg's father came to me and said, here, take it from me to you. It's yours. It's hardly been used. I should have known there was something up. Come to think of it, he sold me that refrigerator, too. (laughs) Oh, that line was super good. But did anyone else, like, okay, I know I'm usually the one that brings up and makes everything awkward. But did anyone else find it awkward that they were now staring at the repairman's ass and calling it two rhinos? Under a tarp or something? Under a tarp. Yes, Normally, it's it's me bringing up how awkward, like, I'm bringing up something like saying horny and saying it's not awkward, but even I'm calling this awkward. No, this time you're right, so go ahead. Yeah, that was that that was really awkward to me. Like, I, the strip club was a little bit awkward, too, um, but, you know, then it became funny when you see the, the guy that me and Alex was talking about. But, the, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it, seeing two guys just stand, like, in the same position that they were with the girl, you know? And staring like that and talking about what it looks like to like, I guess it's supposed to be funny, but it it is a little, it is a little uncomfortable. Yeah. When you break it down, that's the one time this show can hurt married with children because like, I think a lot of these things were not meant to be broken down or ever thought of on any, because you're supposed to think of the next scene within 12 seconds, you know? So like us saying it's Al and Steve looking at a guy's an ugly guy's ass not that it would make a difference if he was good looking, but with two beers in their hands. I mean, it's just like it cries for some kind of what's happening here. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's weird. Where do you think the girls went, Al? To a nice place. Away. 
This is the first time she's walked out without giving me a chance to explain. Well, what were you going to explain, Steve? It's simple, Al. I was going to explain that while it might have appeared that we were looking at that girl's rear end, so admirably hoisted in the air before us, <laughs> what I was actually doing was looking with admiration as I pondered how far women have come in the last hundred, nay, fifty years. Yeah, but she did have a nice one, eh? You betcha. But I still feel like a hypocrite. I mean, I give money to women's causes. Look, Steve, it's good for women to be gone when they're mad at you. It's good for women to be gone, but especially when they're mad at you. Because they go out there, they see what's available. You know, those fat, bald-headed little twerps that have no idea how lucky they are that they can't get a woman. And they come crawling back to you, thankful, knowing that there's no way they can do better than us. See, let's face it. You don't go fishing for minnows when you got Moby Dick at home. All that knowledge, and you sell shoes. Hey, Michelangelo was just a painter, but he did other stuff, too. Al turns on the hot tub girl show, and he, uh, he stops and goes and sits back on, on the sofa. Yep, and he does, because Steve, we all know the real Steve, comes out when he and Al are alone. Um, it happened plenty of times. He's into it. He used to love smut, and you just can't really, you know, underneath it all, he really is a man. Marcy was totally right. And I think Al knows that, which is why he invited him over in the first place. Now, Bud catches a glimpse of hot tub girls, and Al has to distract him. You know, he, he wants to get out of going to grandma's and stuff like that. And Al basically entices him with uh, dead grandma leavings. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you did did Bud make a hooker joke on his sister by saying, let her dance with old men for money? She's used to it. Hooker or slash stripper joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was hilarious coming from Bud. Oh, yeah. Savage. And how about the line when, oh, my God, this is one of the greatest lines I never forgot growing up. <laughs> Many's the night I sit here looking across at my wife as she's sitting over there, much like you are. And I look at her and I think, go home. <laughs> then the horror hits me because it dawns on me. She is home. <laughs> Dude, I love I, I really did love that line. Classic, classic. Great. Now I'm depressed. Yeah, this this episode is jam-packed with lines. Yo, but, uh, you know, Al says that, and it's really funny, and it makes me feel bad for him, but I can't be... I, I'm a little irritated at Al uh, because how he, retreat, he treats the repairman because the repairman's like, can I use your bathroom? And he's like, no. <laughs> Mr. Bundy, can I use your bathroom? Uh, no. Well, then I'm uh, just about done, then. Oh, that was classic. Dude. And I was just like, and he, the repairman's just like, well, I guess I'm almost done. And it's, and I've been trying to figure out, is Al just a jerk or does Al, does, if the repairman's getting paid by the hour, does Al feel like this is going to save him money? Because you would I just thought he, he was, be... I just thought he didn't want that guy using his bathroom. Yeah, because he don't want his ass on his toilet seat. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, 
Because, like, you're thinking, you know, my boss makes a dollar, I make a dime. That's why I poop on company time. Like, Al is not thinking that. I mean, it, the guy probably charged him 250 bucks to, it was, to repair a refrigerator. It was 80, right? Oh, oh, yeah, right. They actually do have a real number. So, Justin, can you tell us what it is today? <laughs> it is 175.40. Damn! <laughs> Kelly, uh, her guidance counselor, told her that what 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 careers is she best suited for? Uh, I, I know one was the other woman. I could not catch what the first one was. Yeah, I, I was neither. actually going to ask you guys if you, if you knew what that was because I didn't catch it either. I rewinded it three times, put subtitles on, and all I got – there were no subtitles, by the way. <laughs> all I got was Lumber Camp Toy. I want you to tell Uncle Steve what your guidance counselor said, what career you'd be best suited for. Lumber Camp Toy or the other woman? Lumber Camp Toy or the other woman? Lumber Camp Toy or the other woman? Yeah, I heard something camp toy, and I was like, I don't know what that means. So I just I just left it and went with because obviously the other woman is the joke here. So Peg apparently stole Al's money that he was going to pay this guy, and she brought it to Troy's to go stuff down men's pants. I like how he said, like, this is where I had my money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... The reason uh, Peg didn't bring her checkbook is because that makes the strippers walk funny when she puts it down their pants. That line was actually really good. I I laughed. Marcy is at the peak of uncomfortableness, and the construction worker drapes his uh, outer layer uh, underwear. What? (laughs) What is the point of... Wearing two pairs of underwear that are the same size, at least if you take off one of the other ones smaller... That makes sense to me in the in the strip club show, but I did not understand this. Now, Justin, was this something y'all did? Did it, like, protect you more, or was it, like, an extra piece that you get to take off and then they'll pay you Prolongs more for the, the more show. you take off? Prolongs the show. Okay. See, I was just curious, and I figured you would know. Do you have a name? Did you go by any name when you were there? Uh, uh what was that? <clears throat> oh, did you catch that thing that happened on here? Oh, yeah, uh, the Latin lover El Zorro. Yeah, the Latin lover El Zorro, yeah. Uh, He comes out, and he does these bizarre 80s cheesy high kicks. Then he he kicks high again, and then he strums his thighs like a guitar, and the girls go crazy, dude. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, my God. What are we watching? And then... I gotta, I gotta give Marcy or, or the actress that plays Marcy props. When Zoro comes over and starts doing his hip movements, her head uh, perfectly follows the hip movements, even as it gets faster. And just as an acting, I have to give that part like a standing ovation because I that was just on point. It made that scene a zillion times funnier. If she just yes. stood there and gazed at him, it just would have. You know, it would have been funny because she's mesmerized, but her going up and down and side to side and like the whole zigzag thing is just brilliant. Like I, I hope um, uh, Amanda Burse came up with that because that would be awesome. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. So the big thing is Marcy goes completely insane once she gets a taste of, I guess she just is into Latin lovers. So, uh... Justin, 
that means you could get Marcy because you're half Spanish, right? I'm half Mexican. That counts. <laughs> I think I think Mexicans are Spanish. Uh, no, no, I don't want that. She goes crazy, gets obsessed, starts stealing all the other girls' dollars to stuff them down his pants. Unless you give him dollars. <laughs> hey, Zorro! Bump it back this way, honey! Oh, boy. Uh, now, here's a big point of the show. Marcy, as she's stuffing those dollars down his crotch, as the story goes on the episode, she loses her ring down Zorro's pants. However... I have noticed since I was probably, I'll say, you know, I've been watching this show since I was um, 10 or 11. And who knows, maybe before, but I think I could definitely say 90, 91. Absolutely. I feel like even then, but I'm going to say in the year 2000 till today, I've noticed that when Marcy pulls her hand out of Zorro's pants, her ring actually pops out and falls on the floor. I did not notice it until you what? said something, but I noticed, but because you said that I got really close to the screen at that point to really focus in on that right before she actually puts her hand down his pants, you can actually see her, uh, shimmying the ring off of her finger. Right. Like she deliberately wants it to fall. So obviously she did it. Cause as an actor, she needs to put the ring down. Right. But I'm just like, why would you not just have the ring down his pants? And no one's going to notice that she didn't have the ring on her finger during that scene because it would have been hidden by just the money. Right. But isn't it cool that they actually went to the lengths of having it on her finger? Then, I mean, she could have had it slid halfway down her finger so it comes off easier and you don't see the struggle. That would have made more sense. But um, they actually wanted it to be so authentic that she did lose her ring down his pants. But I guess nobody caught that. It popped out, bounced on the floor. Maybe Zorro didn't even notice it. Maybe they already pulled the set down or whatever, or the lighting was changed. And they said, listen, we're not going to reshoot. Who the hell's going to know that? Like, who, what are they going to have a podcast about this? And these guys are going to sit there and examine this? Yeah, that'll never happen. Right. That's the dumbest thing that you could do. So they just said, we're leaving it in there, and hey, it's a little uh, Easter egg for hardcore Mario Children fans. You know, if somebody notices that, hey, that's cool. Whatever. It's not going to hurt our ratings any. So yeah. that's that's the end of the episode. My wedding ring! It's gone! Peggy, I've lost my wedding ring down Zorro's pants! <laughs> that is the big climax. So, they, you know, Marcy realizes it almost instantaneously. Well, I guess we'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Hello, Bundy fans. It's Annabelle here with a small dose of female perspective. And thank you for the warm welcome in last week's show. This female finds a lot to like in this two-parter. It's a story of revenge in that great satirical style. Girls Just Wanna Have Fun is a great episode for Stephen Marcy and to show how Alan Pegg's influence continues to inflict itself upon their marriage. I mean, Stephen insults a fat woman, but David Garrison sounds so eloquent when doing it. I'm told this episode is somewhat controversial when it first aired, 
but much like I'll see you in court in season three, it seems rather tame today. I know I had fun transcribing these episodes, the writing is very sharp, and it's nice to see the women let loose, something we wouldn't get too much of in the later years. It was originally designed to be a one-parter, but it works fantastic as a two-parter. The story is very strong, and the final scenes are quite dynamic between the Rhodes and the Bundys in their contrasting bedroom scenes. And just when you find the ending very sweet, bam, there's that final punch. I probably feel how most men might feel later in the show's run. There is a ton of eye candy here, and I'm very thankful for that. And thankfully... It's surrounded by a very entertaining story. I mean, both sexes are getting their revenge, so to speak. And even though Al grows a pair at the end, he still can't stop Peg from dreaming. But really, I think the voiceover guy recapping at the start of part two put it best when he said, What's good for the gander is good for the goose. Last week on Married with Children... I saw one of those in college once. I used to jog behind her for hours. I ran a marathon once and didn't even know it. The girls caught the guys ogling and figured, what's good for the gander is good for the goose. Peggy, this is a strip joint. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know. You know, I've passed by dozens of times, but I've never actually been in. (laughs) Uh, Hi, Mrs. Bundy. (laughs) At first, Marcy didn't think she'd like it. Zoro's pants. And now, Married with Children continues. I cannot say anything that's absolutely not true. Yeah, but we can talk about how we have to get something out of Zoro's pants. Yes, luckily it's just a ring. Um. (laughs) Hold it right there, ladies. Listen, we've got to get backstage. Yeah, we got to get something out of Zoro's pants. That old story again, Mrs. Bundy? But this is an emergency. Yeah, right. Look, lady, we used to let women backstage until the big riot. Now nobody's allowed back there. We call it the Bundy rule. Oh. <laughs> it's my wedding ring. I want it back or I'll see you in court. I don't think so. You see, Troy's is not responsible for valuables lost in any part of a dancer. Once again, the Bundy rule. <laughs> What are we going to do? I know. I'll write Zoro a note. That's it. He'll read it. He'll find my ring. Bring it over tomorrow. Steve will answer the door. Kill me. No, that won't work. Oh, I know. I've got another plan. I'll write Zoro a note, but this time I'll give him your phone number and address. That is, if you don't mind. Sure, I don't mind. As long as he comes over before uh, what's-his-name gets home from work. (laughs) Yeah, now... Justin, when you worked there, was the Bundy rule still in effect? Yes. Yes. Wow. Interesting. Wow, it was. Wow. Le- Big Red is legendary. Wow. Mm-hmm. Even to this day. That's crazy. Day. Wow. She even had her own table back then when you were there. Cool. Uh, so Peg comes home and pulls an old switcheroo on Al. Normally, Al is with a couple blondes in a uh, stewardess filled uh, condo or apartment complex whatever 
Then Al's checking out a girl repairing a fridge, and he goes and gets to live out a fantasy. And now it's Peg's turn. She comes home after riding the cowboy and sleeps with Al with him in mind. It's so hilarious that he brought home a blonde wig and she brought home a cowboy hat. <laughs> now I'm starting to get their relationship and now I'm looking back and oh that's why Peggy just accepted the blonde wig they do this all the time they just bring random articles of, of head clothing home <laughs> so how about that what Marcy does all the time in her bedroom she has sex games with Steve and it's so funny because one of the things that Bud and I love how Bud watches this stuff and that's fine like they really push it with that kind of stuff like a, a, a little boy, like a 12-year-old boy, is sitting there watching... Little Bo Peep and a cop? Yeah, so Marcy being Little Bo Peep, is that a callback to the last episode of season one where she wore that, like, Little Bo Peep dress to the power meeting? It, it might be, but I'm, st- I'm still stuck on, like, the mo- like one, another... We got another point to Peggy. And... This whole back and forth between Al and Zoro, the entire thing is hilarious. I, I almost had the entire thing written in my notes. How you doing? Oh, I'm sorry. No, Kelly's at her grandmother's. Actually, I'm looking for Marcy Rose. She live here? Practically. Uh, who wants to know? Well, I'm Raul. Uh, you know, uh, Zoro. Yeah, I'm Al. You know, uh, suspicious. <laughs> Wendy, you're married to Big Red, the rich woman with the sharp nails. <laughs> Who are you? Oh, I'm an exotic dancer at Troy's. See, that's great. Uh, listen, I'd invite you in, but instead I think I'll just kick the crap out of you. <laughs> oh, then perhaps I'll just deliver my message and run. Uh, your wife's friend, Mrs. Rhodes, the one we call the tentacle. <laughs> She lost her wedding ring down my pants during the show last night, and I'm just dropping it off to her. Come in. Uh, Raul, is it? Well, actually, it's Wilbur. <laughs> but I think I'm too good-looking to be a Wilbur. Yeah, uh, you betcha. Listen, uh, so exactly what was this Marcy doing when she lost her ring down your uh, underpants, was it? Oh, yes, sir. She was tipping me. Uh, could you see to it that she gets this ring? As much as you believe you're too good looking to be a Wilbur, believe she'll get it. Thanks, Mr. Bundy. Thank you, Raul. Oh, by the way, uh, if my wife should happen to lose anything down your pants, so will you. <laughs> Hasta luego, Mr. Bundy. Right back at you. <laughs> to our everlasting love, Stephen. Gee, I hope that's Steve. <laughs> because it just didn't stop, and I was just like, I don't even know which part to talk about. The, oh, you're married to Big Red? Or, and then he's like, I'd invite you in, but instead I think I'll kick the crap out of you. And I'm like... Al does have hands. He might actually win in a fight because Zoro might be one of those guys who works on his body but doesn't know how to actually fight. That high kick is not going to translate to an yeah. actual good kick. So he actually seems like he's a little afraid of Al. And I'm also like, maybe Zoro's thinking that if if he handles Big Red with the long nails, 
he can handle me. I'm not even messing with this. This is one bad dude right here. Well, it turns out Marcy has instantaneously uh, created herself a nickname. Oh, the tentacle. (laughs) (laughs) We find out Raul's real name is Wilbur. I'm too good looking to be a Wilbur. (laughs) Right. Like, oh. I, I can't say I, you know, I think it's a great move. I don't know if, I don't care if he was good looking. I think I would change my name to Wilbur no matter what I look like. Even if I look like that repair refrigerator guy. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> he, uh, the best line of Al and the thing that makes him a badass is when he says to Zorro, if my wife should happen to lose anything down your pants, so will you. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I liked that because it was like another one of those instances where I'm just like, Al actually does like his does love his wife and he is actually protective over his wife. No matter how many jokes he makes, it is a small reminder here that that is his wife. Yeah. Al has no apprehension about Steve comes in. He tells Steve about the ring and then goes, so uh, what do you think of those bears? <laughs> Justin, if you were in a situation where your wife pulled something like this, would you use this to turn her into a Stepford wife? Yes. <laughs> I like Al's plan. <laughs> uh, I think if if I had anybody over the barrel like that, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, you gotta mess with them. Yeah, at least for a week. Yeah, at minimum. Now, uh, when when you're having a, a fantasy, aren't you supposed to escape all reality? Yeah, I, I, I was, Justin, when you were a stripper, did you use any previous employments as your name or anything like that? Did you show up as a shoe salesman or anything? Mm, no. So what was your name then? Uh, what? So what was Al's name? Oh, it was the shoe salesman. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> He goes, it goes, and here he is, the shoe salesman. And then he's just, and Al's dancing. That is the funniest. That is like a 10. His dancing is the classic, indescribable. You have to watch it. Us talking cannot do it justice. There are no words to describe his dancing, his facial expression, nothing. You really, you really, Alex is right. You have to watch that scene to, to just to justify it justin did you dance in that style or (laughs) no why do you want to know how he danced i'm still just trying to figure out what his name is what how about when when al was trying to figure out a name and he said peg uh what's troy's (laughs) that whole exchange i love the the trap he set of sticking the wad of cash right there and peggy went for it i'm like Come on, Peggy. Seriously, you're smarter than this. You know there's no way you're taking that money and he doesn't he doesn't know when he wakes up in the morning. What are you going to do, blame the dog, who we have not seen at all this ep- these past episodes? Yeah, maybe they didn't write the dog in. Yeah, Buck is not in 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 part 1 or part 2 and I'm and there's so what do you you can't blame him. He's not even here. He's probably running the neighborhood getting laid. Well, the real question is, how much of that money is in crotches? How much of Al's money is in crotches? I was actually wondering when I – like we saw that she stole this money uh, from where he hid it in the drawer. But while she's at the strip club, everyone knows her. And then when Zorro shows up at Al's house, he specifically says, oh, you're married to the rich 
lady, Big Red. And I was like, rich? Where where does she get all the money to go there to to like she even says she tips very well. Where does she get this money? And she actually ends up explaining how she got this money to Al by saying she she will lie about like random things they need or is given money to fix car brakes and doesn't do it, money for the kids and keeps it, uh and just kind of scrapes a little bit here and there. And I was I gotta say, that's actually brilliant writing because I was going to say there this episode has a gigantic plot hole and they actually solved that plot hole by the end of it. Justin, if your wife came home horny as a toad after swapping recipes, would you get suspicious? Yeah, Wait, it would be. How come you can say horny now and I can't? Because context. Context. It's all what, context. How sure. is that context any different just because you're saying the woman's horny instead of the guy's horny? Well, for one, yeah. Oh my, I and don't understand. Two, you. I didn't tell him. I didn't go, hey, Justin, uh, you know, me, you, and Jerry and, and Troy's tonight is really getting me horny, dude. <laughs> I want to go uh, see what Zoro's doing. Oh my god! Did you say I'm I'm the issue here? Okay. Yeah, you you wanted me to spell it out for you about why it's okay. I just did. Okay, fair enough. That that you that you. Oh, did. Why don't you go sponsor a Korean family? <laughs> okay, you guys. Okay, you did you like that joke, Alex? Because when I heard that, I was like, I wonder if Alex is gonna like this, or if this is like Bud saying Coca Cola. That was me. No, this this is good. Okay, I was just, I didn't know if you would like that or not because I didn't like I to me it kind of comes off the exact same way. Like Al would not sponsor a Korean family. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, is it a, is are they reaching for a yeah and, and escaping complete reality for a joke? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Back to uh, Peggy's uh, getting busted. Well, Al says, no more Troys. So they go to sleep, and Peggy has a dream that that she's cooking, the family's happy, the house is, oh. is clean. And then she calls up to Al, and the construction worker comes down, and they all run over there and, and hug him and everything. Oh, and then God. And then it goes back to her sleeping, and Al is just staring at her. And then he wakes her up and he goes, no more even thinking about Troy's. Yeah, and she and goes the, back to sleep with a smile on her face and he just keeps staring at her. And the fantasy this guy had his construction hat on. Oh, yeah. He was shirtless and everything. And I was like, poor Bud has to hug that. So Marcy comes home totally apologetic. You know, he, he was going to do the step for wife thing. And then she says, he goes, there's an envelope that came for you. And she's like, oh, what is it? And then you get this moment. It is very gentleman-like. It is very, um, he took the high road. Right. Oh, um, this came for you. Somebody dropped it off at Al's. What is it? I don't know. It was for you. So let's all deliver this line and see if we could do as good as Steve did, right? I'll I'll, I'll go first. <clears throat> I don't know. It was for you. Wow, that was good. You gotta admit. Uh, that was pretty good. I, I I think I'd hit it with I uh I don't know. It was for you. Wow, okay, Justin. T- try to top us. Alright. 
I don't know. It was for you. Uh, I said it's sincere. I want to know. Yeah. Okay, in the Facebook group, I got to know who said it the best. <laughs> Dude, I suck at acting. You didn't tell me it was going to be acting. <laughs> well, I mean, Jerry went, I don't know. It was for you. So it can't be that bad. I was trying to put pauses and inflection in there, Alex. <laughs> I don't. No, it was for you. Uh, I, I I call I call a mistrial. Alex had time to prepare. <laughs> no, I I swear to God, I just thought of doing this just uh, now. I swear to God. <laughs> Yo, how funny was it that uh, the joke earlier about Steve uh, following a woman into a marathon on accident? That's where he met Marcy. Yeah, she saw him do this. Mm. <laughs> That's how this all started. I can be surprised. Yeah, I, I think that's hilarious. But um, but how about that that hand to hand ring moment? You know, they they kind of touched on it earlier. How they hold their rings up together. Yeah. So that moment, really, I mean, God, this this was. You know, I'm not ever knocking this show. I always think it's written really well. But they still know how to hit those other kind of points, like him, his delivery, and then her coming out and them doing that did that not like uh we have like a little nuances in this scene uh steve changing his voice patterns to something smaller him even grabbing her by like the chin really quick when he gives her the envelope and and says all this and they come in and he put he puts out his hand first and she puts her hand over there and it's so sweet and gentle and you actually can tell that steve really loves his wife and and then the lights get turned off wait 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 before you go there but and you're also it's supposed to convey to you the the relief and like you know we're supposed to know what marcy's feeling in that moment too that she's able to hold her hand up and uh, 30 seconds ago this would have gone completely wrong Yes, exactly. And it's it's such a sweet moment. But this is married with children. And when the lights go off, he asks about Zorro. And I thought that was the perfect ending to that scene. So you lost your ring down Zorro's pants, huh? <laughs> as much as I want to hear what happens after that, that is a perfect ending for married with children because it's just like uh, 16 years where you have like a really like big fight and a big sentimental moment uh, where she actually is going to have to say no. And then he just goes, so how about the weather or something along those lines? And, and it's just very married with children to take a sweet moment and then end it back with a joke. Now that was for the show, but Justin in real life, would you let your wife off the hook? I would do I would probably bring it up at some point and be fun, kind of funny how he did. You know what I mean? Like that's that that reminded me of something that just seemed real to life to me. Like that's why I think that probably all three of us like that ending so much is it's because it's like I'm willing to, you know, let things go. But I might jag you about it a little bit. You know what I mean? And yeah. I thought that I thought that was cool. No Ma'am will be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash married with children podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode. All right, well, guys, time to rate this episode. How many rings down Zorro's pants? We'll go easy. I mean, I mean, what are we going to do? Uh, how many deboned chickens from across the room do you give it? How many, you know, uh, let's be a little less ambitious this time because... I just want to get out of here. I'm I'm quite uncomfortable. There is a construction worker grinding his hips uh, to the left of me here, and I'm I'm following it up and down with my eyes, but it's just still awkward. I just like to get out of here. So, uh, Justin, how many uh, rings down to Zorro's pants do you give? Girls just want to have fun. Part one and two. If you could please rate them as a whole. Yeah, uh, girls just want to have fun, or girls just want to have fun. Uh, is I've seen it both spellings, by the way. I don't know about oh, you guys. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Maybe but, they didn't get the rights to. Uh, she wouldn't let them say wanna. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, man. The, the, to me, this episode hits on all levels. Um, it has you know a, a, a good emotional moment towards the end, but it also has like plenty of jokes, and it's it's a fairly simple episode. Yet there's like these parallels between. Uh, you know, Marcy and her feelings and then, you know, pot calling the kettle black type thing and and, you know, her having to eat her eat her like, you know, put her foot in her mouth and stuff like that. I love that stuff. So um, to me, it's a, it's a near perfect episode. I'm going to go ahead and give it four and a half rings down Zoro's pants out of five. Nice. Wow. That is a very, very good uh, wrap up. Uh, Jerry, how many rings down Zoro's pants do you give this episode out of five? Um, I'm actually right there with Justin. He actually, you know, basically took the words out of my mouth. Surprisingly enough, we wrote like a very similar thing. Um, the only thing I really have to add to it is I do think the second episode is better than the first, mostly because of Al's speech that he gives. Um, but this episode is just chock full of one-liners. It's it's a super fun um episode justin is right it has a very classic setup of of wife catching man and then the wife getting caught in almost the exact same situation it's very much like you said pot calling the kettle black uh i really can't add much more to that and i also rated it 4.5 out of five both i mean you guys summed it up pretty well what can i add uh this episode is really cool because, yeah, it's, it does the whole thing. Marcy, you know, walking in on this and she realizes she's just as bad and she had to instantaneously pay for it on some level. You know, luckily she got the ring back, but the whole situation she's in and, you know, how she's so afraid, this and that. But what it does for me as a viewer is... Now I see that this whole thing is chaotic. I like Peg even more. Now they see more of her wild side. Uh, Al was just killing it with the speeches. Um, and Marcy is the standout. Obviously, there's a Marcy-based episode. It makes me like Marcy even more, and I think she's cooler now. The fact that she can get down like that and be a little nuts without fish hooks is uh, appealing to me, and I like her more now. So 
yeah, God, rating. I mean, this is jam-packed with one-liners. And honestly, uh, if we're going with the Netflix rating system that we do, where each each number means something, then it's a five out of five. I love it. So yeah. we're going to thumbs up and thumbs down? <laughs> oh, you funny. I absolutely love it. This is this is like the classics. Like this is right there. This is uh and I'm not going to say it doesn't peak any higher. I mean, I there are obviously this is not the episode people ever mention when they're talking about their favorite episode. So, if this is that good, just imagine for the ride we are in for. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> Uh, this is a five out of five to me. So the other ones, it can't get higher, but it just means I love them all, you know, yeah. when it gets to that stuff. Yeah. And you're right. There were so many one liners. I'm even thinking of one liners. We didn't even cover on yeah. this episode. Yeah, we can't was... otherwise, yeah, we're not here to repeat the show. You know, that's why we can't do that stuff, but yeah, guys watch it. I also j- just, uh, for the record. So the record show two points to Peggy, one point to Al for sex points. Has Al get one? The very end of the episode two, where uh, right before she goes to sleep, she actually goes, Al, and he goes, nope. Oh, okay. That is clearly, (laughs) clearly her going for sex, which she should be lucky. She got it twice within a a not even 24-hour span, a six, seven, eight-hour span. She got two points. Good catch. Two points to Peggy, one point to Al to reflect in... Uh, the the future thing, yeah. Very good, very good. And everybody remember the repair girl for uh, hot chicks of season two. Oh yeah. All right. Well, hey, Justin. So, what were we asking you before? Yeah. After? Seriously, what is your what was your stripper name? You okay. got a hot tamale. Uh, hot to- robot Tommy. What robot Tommy doesn't sound right. What did you say? Hot tamale. Thank you.